My name is Taylor. Um, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I attended basically all public school for all of my preliminary years of school. And since coming to Elon, it's interesting to compare the educational boundaries and patterns instilled into ourselves and then also, you know, the younger generations in comparison to at private institutions. And I say that because my knowledge of our society's reality was fairly sheltered um, growing up because my family never really discussed things like political matters or really even watched the news together. My parents really encouraged me to educate myself and form my beliefs and morals based on the views I crafted for myself. So I think this gave me kind of a slow start being stuck in this little bubble unaware of really how bad our world needs people to learn and explore and aid in the fight against brokenness. As I begin to um, explain some stuff that we talked about throughout this winter term and in the book we read, I wanted to refer back to something from one of my weekly reflections. Um, I've never considered myself a racist person because I'm very adamant on knowing how to truly love people for what is on the inside. I could never really understand how the foundations of our country got so caught up in a cycle of white people being so greedy and always demanding superiority, constantly finding ways to overlook the issues and manifestations of discrimination and dehumanization for so long. It took diving into the news and history and history deeper than the generalized courses in school that give you this like sugar-coated explanation of slavery in America to begin to see how consuming biases and stigmas are in every one of us. Likewise, my core global foundations course freshman year here at Elon was all about unpacking the true meaning in psychology behind the meaning of whiteness and the silence that kills all hope of reform without everyday action. The course taught me that yes, it's okay to consider yourself a good person and to not have racist intentions in your lifestyle, but if you're not engaged in pursuing justice through your voice, you are no better than the people who are blatantly supporting the racist containered patterns in our country. This class became a huge game changer in how I view the world and conduct myself. Being a true ally is looking deeply into the truth even when it's uncomfortable and investing into oppressed communities in the way in which they deem needed or in efforts to help them accomplish goals they can't manage single-handedly. Having had that course under my belt, our winter term class took everything stirring around in my mind and brought it a step further with the with the introduction of caste, a worldly view in the lens of current events. In Isabel Wilkerson's book, Caste, she blows her readers' minds away by eliminating the word racism and teaching us about the interconnectedness of caste systems and dehumanization to what we have previously highlighted as racism and systematic oppression. Early on, um, in the read, Wilkerson writes, caste and race are neither synonyms nor mutually exclusive. They can and do coexist in the same culture and serve to reinforce each other. Race in the United States is the visible agent of the unseen force of caste. Caste is the bones, 
Race is the skin. Race is what we can see, the physical traits that have been given arbitrary meaning and become shorthand for who a person is. Caste is a powerful infrastructure that holds each group in its place. She breaks it down once again by making the claim, if we have been trained to see humans in the language of race, then caste is the underlying grammar that we encode as children as when learning our mother tongue. In today's society, the caste system has been manipulated and maneuvered in to subconscious forms that make it harder to recognize, especially in settings like a home or school or a church, like a community you've been accustomed to for a period of time where you might not deem anything to be harmful or ignorant. And I think we would be able to recognize containerism if we start by looking inwards and evaluating what rights we never had to question or opportunities we haven't been denied or settings where we didn't feel outcasted and then trying to put ourselves in the shoes of other people. While white people were, will never understand the ongoing fight for justice, I believe we are able to recognize things when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and truly emotionally connect to things that matter. In our world, we have been created to live in harmony because we aren't on a planet where things should be faced alone. We have to come together to recognize the wrongdoings we need to adjust moving forward. Wilkerson bluntly tells us in her book, the country cannot become whole until it confronts what was not a chapter in its history, but the basis of its economic and social order. It was in the process of ranking that we were all cast into assigned roles to meet the needs of the larger production. None of us are ourselves. The caste system rocks every community down to their core in its efforts to control every internal and external aspect of a person's being and legacy because as a country, we didn't practice what we originally promised, a land built for freedom and opportunity. The caste system has permitted valuable lives to be the stepping stool for white people to embrace the perks of a so-called free land. As long as our country allows discrimination and oppression to be intertwined into our systematic doings, the ignorance and stigmas will remain habitual in our foundations. When our class tuned into Brian Stevenson's talk in regards to his amazing book, Just Mercy, I was blown away by the wisdom he poured out on us. His words were simple yet profound, beautiful but also demanding, and I was in complete admiration of how he chooses to encourage his community as well as others through life. His main points placed emphasis on channeling love and commitment towards the beloved community. He wholeheartedly believed the work our country will rely on the power of love overcoming brutality. We must have endurance in our efforts in the fight for freedom. Likewise, he teaches that we must reject such destructive forces because we are obligated to act in love and peace, walk humbly, and call upon well-deserved justice. Stevenson really inspired me because his messages resonated with my aspirations for the future and through tactics that I felt like I could personally embody and share. Everything in regards to where our society is at now can seem so huge and overwhelming as an individual and you're kind of like, well, I don't know where to start. I'm not going to be able to make a difference and that's not true. 
speaking for myself, I want to work in nonprofit in the future because I want more than anything to leave the world with a little bit more love than it had when I got here. When we learn to meet people where they are at and take the high road, accept defeats, and see differences as beauty rather than a defining factor, we have the power to move mountains. I don't want to see a world that thinks they have the power to control and dictate the lives of people who are meant to find and fulfill their own purpose for the betterment of our world and for their own self-satisfaction of finding what makes them feel successful and meaningful. It's uncomfortable to try and be a part of the healing process for matters white people will really never be able to understand, but it's so, so incredibly important to push through that and then bring people on that journey with you. Furthermore, I really think through the emotional barriers and fighting, there will be more urgency and empowerment behind than moving forward and breaking structural and logistical barriers that still burden our work facilities and our governmental jurisdictions. And I would hope there's enough of that love in people's heart to keep pursuing such dreams, no matter how long it takes. People get caught up in the idea of something being too cliche or unreasonable, but when we trace back to the start of things, it began with not having the acceptance and love for all people. The world without caste means a world where the playing field is equal, and I'm saying that in our current world where there has never been an even playing field. For many people, life has consisted of efforts to defy the nasty social norms placed against them and weaving through disadvantages to prove even the toughest battles can be overcome. I think such ideas will take a really long time to kind of come true. As Andy Shalal shared at the Busboys and Poets Reflections on politics, race, and culture event. Um, the future is an infinite existence of the presence. So there's no time to wait or dawdle. We just need to start and kind of learn as we go if we're not really meeting the mark. Bridge building is this idea from a program I was a part of in high school called Leadership Workshop. And it was the theme for one of our weekly retreats for high schoolers. And we based it off of a quote that basically explained bridge building is a result of small stones. It's not immediate. It's not one whole thing. It takes everybody and everything and every action. And I think this concept relates to changing our society because our stones are the opportunities we choose love and kindness with our eyes set on the future, with our eyes set on building a bridge and mending our communities and, you know, just creating that atmosphere. Reading cast and being a part of this winter term course has not only put me in my place as like just a person and what I was born into and like what I look like in the eyes of society, but then it created a new door to leave my comfort zone and my bubble that I shared, I felt like I was in for a long time. Um, so I can see the world for what it truly is. I'm going to be committed to something in life. And through these courses and readings, 
I would really like to be a part of the fight for love and justice for all people. Every single person deserves everything the world has denied minorities, no matter how big or small. And often we can't recognize how big or small those things really come across to people that have been denied them because for some people it's never been a question. So in addition to that thought, I also used to feel conflicted and almost full of guilt for being who I was and I was so worried that I was going to say the wrong thing or offend someone or not help in the correct way. Um, worried that people were going to assume that like how I would think of them or that I wouldn't have empathy for them and what they're going through and I realized through this book and experience that those nerves will more so ring true if I'm not active in my attempts to be an ally and a bridge builder, a change maker, and a leader wherever I find myself in life. So from here, I want our country to be known and seen for the beauty of allowing everyone to be themselves, not a place where as soon as you enter, you you lose that because I think that's one of the most beautiful things in life. So I'm truly thankful for this class and such a great reading recommendation of the book cast because I really think it's was a huge stepping stone for me in being just opening like my eyes to like how much I can do as an individual and what everybody has to offer and what everybody deserves in life. So I'm very thankful for this experience and I appreciate the opportunity to reflect. So thank you.